0: I'm Neil. I'm Louise. And I'm Ronnie. I'm Daisy's dad. I'm Daisy's mum. And I'm Daisy's grandpa. In 2018, Daisy was diagnosed with regressive autism.
1: She gradually lost all of her speech and began to show typical autistic traits.
2: She'd spin in circles, avoid eye contact and make loud monotone noises.
1: This was a huge shock as up until this point Daisy had been speaking in seven or eight word sentences.
2: And had memorised pretty much 20 to 30 books.
1: Since then, we've all been on a journey of discovery. In this podcast, we'll talk about that journey. And explore the impact autism has had on all of us. The lows. And the highs. This is the story of Daisy.
2: And me. Episode two, the power of positivity.
1: Welcome to the Daisy and Me podcast. Here we are in the garden of Neil and Lou, Daisy's mum and dad, and the sun is shining. It's uh, We're expecting frost tonight, but uh, here we are, ready to start our podcast. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, to st- start it again. Yeah. Because <laughs> someone didn't hit record, did they?
2: <laughs> this I'm, is take I'm, two. <laughs> I'm
1: 64 next month. <laughs> You tell us a lot. It's l- it's lucky I'm here. <laughs> All right, you're lucky I got here. Yeah, yeah, we've got a, a good uh, we've got a good guest today, as we always do. Uh, and now, what's the theme today for our podcast?
0: So it's staying positive. Um, I was thinking about this this week because Anna Kennedy, uh, who's a brilliant woman, uh, does amazing work with uh, her charity to help out people with autism and and families uh, of those with autism. Um, and one of the things, if you follow her on social media, is that she's just amazing at yeah. staying positive. She recognises the realities, and you know she mm-hmm. doesn't shy away from talking honestly about it. But actually, her positivity sort of is a bit of a... It's not always easy to stay positive, but it's a bit of a goal. Yeah. You know, It's yeah. quite easy to see all the negatives, but there are huge positives all the time. And actually, thinking about it, with Daisy, we know there's one massive positive straight away even though she doesn't talk she's hugely intelligent yeah and she takes everything in and yeah. that's got to be something that we can build on
1: yeah the, the communication thing is, is quite interesting as well because um, I was talking to uh, uh, Daisy's uh, grandma that when she's round with us she can't say how she's feeling She mm. can't tell us like the other grandkids would say it um, but they wouldn't come up and just give you a kiss uh, they would occasionally, but Daisy's got this thing of, uh, like, uh, very often uh, she feels like chilling, she goes upstairs. Mm-hmm. I sit at the top of the landing uh, the stairs and I just get the computer out and she actually very often will come and snuggle in behind with the iPad and then she'll just come round the corner and just look at me and give me a kiss and then go back. And and it's that moment, you know, she's just saying, I'm fine, yeah. I love you, it's a great here, and I'm chilled, thank you. And, that's, and it's that form of communication mm. that that's very special yeah, you know. Yeah,
2: it, we were saying that Daisy Daisy's affection has always been a really positive thing. I know that there are some children with autism that don't like to be touched or only like to be touched by their mum or certain. It, it's I think with us we're really lucky. Daisy likes to be hugged. She likes kisses, yeah, yeah. and I I just find that lovely. I think that's just such a lovely thing. Yeah, but yeah. we've noticed recently because um, she had a spell where she was just quite um, oblivious to other children and other people, even animals, wasn't she? when she had Mm. her regression but lately in the park um what we find is she goes up to other children or other people and she will either sniff them or kiss them or touch their face which probably isn't ideal at the moment (laughs) given covid times but actually it's sort of it's a real joy but it's also tinged with a little bit of sadness for me because that is her only way of communicating but it's a positive because she is wanting to communicate and i think we were saying we were sitting watching her in the park and That's her way of saying hello. She goes up to people, she can't say hello but she can touch them or acknowledge yeah. them. And that that has got to be a positive it's thing. It's
1: the awareness of the surroundings mm. um, uh, as well. And I wanted to talk about this uh, in in a positive way, but it's a kind of negative because, uh, you know, I always tell you when I think, uh, you know, when we're growing up with Daisy, do we get it right? And uh, at the park, we, she was on the trampoline, was loving it, and there were bigger kids there as well. And she, she was fine. She was not out of depth at all. And um, then... The bigger kids she cleared off, and then two little kids, much smaller than Daisy, and she pushed both of them. And the dad went, "Whoa, whoa, whoa what you do?" Oh. I said, I'm, I, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And I took Daisy off, and I just held her in close, and I said, "I'm sorry. She's autistic." I I put mm-hmm. the au- yeah. autistic card on the table. We talked mm-hmm. about this before, and I just was thinking, "What should I do?" And I could, and I kept on apologising to the dad, and said, "I'm ever so sorry," and I and I, I told her, and and there was that tension, you know. As, um, and I'd, I'd, I said to you, I wasn't sure what was the best thing I could have done in that situation. Well, uh, yeah,
0: we, we've wrestled with this one. And actually this week we've <laughs> just ordered some um, some cards from the National Autistic Society, yeah. um, which actually have a bit of detail about autism on them. Uh, says my child is autistic and it's something that you can hand to a stranger in that scenario. And we've talked about this. We, we've wrestled with whether whether it's better to just say or whether it would be better to give a card with a bit more information Mm. that someone could take away it's not ideal at the moment obviously because you know you don't really want to hand stuff over but
2: it depends i think it depends on the level of significance in that situation Mm. doesn't it because often i come away if i've said that i come away thinking should i have apologized daisy's heard that i'm apologizing for her and i think that's what you were saying isn't it ronnie Mm -hmm. i had um i met up with a couple of friends in the park and their children they're all similar ages and actually what they i think there was a sort of uh, there was a moment where i had to keep going over because daisy was sort of kicking one of the little kids of another family down the slide um and i in the end i sort of said She's She has autism. She doesn't always have an awareness of, of boundaries. Mm. Um, and then I came back and I was sitting with my friends and they said, what you have to remember is that often children will do that to each other. They push each other yeah, out of yeah, the way. They, and I think, autism. well, we assume that because of her autism, that it's... But I do think there are certain scenarios where you do. So in that incident, Ronnie, she actually pushed over two small children. And actually, you do have to explain yeah. that because... It, it there's also then for me is the worry that they're going to view her as a really naughty child and that's not the case you want to s- explain yeah. isn't it but but
1: but, but it's also the thing that um should I have taken her away mm. you know of actually demonstrating that that was wrong
2: Yeah. And just take her well, off well i, 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 I don't would think say that's yes wrong. i and think actually, we should explain to well, her
0: going back to what the 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 positive side is we mm. know she's intelligent we know she takes this stuff in and we in those scenarios yeah. Whether she meant to or not, Have to she has to understand afterwards yeah. that what she did, whether she meant to or not, wasn't mm. right. Or oh, she definitely
1: meant to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Friday. A Friday.
0: Say it again. Happy Friday.
1: Friday. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I yeah. think the the problem is, isn't with sometimes with autism, is that even if you try to correct behaviours, there's not. Although she may know that that's not necessarily right she mm. will forget and do it again because when she's in that moment it's not that she's intentionally trying to hurt anyone or it's just in that moment that person is in her way or the experience of bouncing they're giving her isn't what she wants yeah. at that point so I think but I think it's okay to take her aside and I've done it before I've said actually we have to be careful with smaller children because mm. you can hurt them so be, always oh say be gentle so gentle Daisy be gentle and actually I don't think there's anything wrong with that I think she yeah. can. I have
0: to say, though, I don't know if you get this. This is going to make me sound like a horrible parent. I don't mind it if it's a significantly older child.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, not, not. So
0: we were on the pirate ship at the park once, and actually the, this older child was on the pirate's wheel and Daisy sort of shoved in, and the older child pushed Daisy. Daisy sort of stood back eyed him up. <laughs> he cried, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I sort of was like, punching the air, going, "No, Daisy, don't do that." You do. Yeah.
2: It's funny. You do get an element. There was that. There was another little girl, and again, I'm going to sound awful. They were they were oh, at the top listen, of the slide. That's
1: clearly, you you are awful. Too.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: there was a girl who was twice the size of Daisy. And Daisy just tapped her. I could see it was just a tap on the back with her foot. This girl moaned all the way down the slide, mm. and then at the end ran off to mommy. That girl kicked me down the slide, and I looked and I just thought, "Oh man, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I felt really
1: bad." But, <laughs> but, but, but there is something you know, and and it's it, it's trying not to separate that uh, you're fighting the corner. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, mm. you want your kids to fight the corner and yeah. and 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 and, you know, and be strong, yeah. uh, but also to try. But but. I sometimes, I, and, and we talked about the intelligence thing, I think she knows exactly what she's doing yep. <laughs> and knows exactly the circumstances she's in. And, and that's a great positive. Yeah, now, you know, definitely. Yeah. we were just talking there as well about the things... That have returned to us a wee bit the awareness, yeah, yep. uh, of that. The, the cheekiness was always there, but it's more, it's much more self-aware uh, now of mm. yeah. how to get what you want. Um So that that positive aspect, we are getting communications, and and I I think once you know we ever get some kind of an iPad for our communications, yeah. I think we're going to get them. Mm. But we can talk about communication on, on another day.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, the the funny thing that happened yesterday, actually, you're talking about cheekiness. Um, so you dropped off the Friday kinder egg. Yes. Um, so <laughs> the kinder egg was on the side. Unbeknownst to you, there was a birthday at school and one yeah. of the parents was handing out Maltesers. And packets Haribo. Of Maltesers and Haribo at the school. So Daisy ate the Haribo on the way home <laughs> in the car and spied the kinder egg. But she also knew that there were Maltesers. <laughs> <laughs> Lou gave her the choice of, held, held them both up, Daisy took both. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was like which one do you want and she just grab like, well, yeah, both like <laughs> obviously you know S- uh, silly so question. she she
0: knows exactly what she's doing and yeah. um yeah i i do get a lot of positivity out of it makes me laugh when she's naughty sometimes
2: yeah <laughs> it's it's cheekiness i wouldn't say she was no, well, I think I don't it's more cheekiness isn't I, don't it, know,
1: <laughs> well, I don't think there's a bad bone in her body I don't mm. think um, but, but you know she, she can be a full chef and it's interesting as well The uh, like on uh, Tuesday uh, she was really chilled really quite happy Monday not so slightly mm. agitated mm. that kind of thing and what we're learning is to take that into right see where we are with her you yeah. know what is it for instance on monday she wanted to drive in the car she wanted to go in the car i don't i don't let her drive yet that, <laughs> no no um, she's only on automatic yeah things, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i don't want to clutch changing no. gears it's hard yeah um no but i she and she i give her my phone and she sits in the back but actually she looks out the window a lot yeah and just enjoys the ride and that's fine, you know, and I think that's that's my job is just to go right. Mm. Where are we today? Yeah. All right, you're not. You, you don't have to go and bounce and do yeah. the trampoline thing. Do you want to go to the park? And I, I mean, the other day I took her to the park, and we got I me and Denise took her to the park, and she went. Didn't want to come out the okay. car. Yeah. No, no, I've done. Yeah. I've done the park. No, let's go. Yeah. Just keep driving. No, I quite like the drives. I, I did one I. this morning <laughs> yes. and you, um, just
0: just went awful. here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> and actually, I mean, I'm pretty certain I could be a postman now. Yeah? Because I know this place yeah. by the back <laughs> of my hand. So this Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> you, know you mean Daisy could do a round together? Yeah, she'll do the newspaper round. would <laughs> <laughs> just be a problem with uh, any Amazon parcels; she'd rip <laughs> them open, <Yeah. laughs> assuming it was her hair.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so let's get to meet our guest. Very excited to get her on the podcast. Anna Kennedy. Yeah,
0: she is, uh, well, what not she? Um, she is an autism campaigner. She's She's got her own charity. She started her journey with, um, so she's got two sons with autism, mm-hmm. Patrick and Angelo. Uh, and just to put it in context, because uh, the interview talks about this, is that she, I mean, she couldn't get a school place no for either of them so (laughs) she set her own school up (laughs) she found a building she got it past all the right people and the school's still running um there are people getting employment out of it but yeah she talks a bit about that and and just the realities of Mm.
1: um of autism anna kennedy I just wanted to uh, there's several things I want to talk about um I wanted to talk about that like, specifically about that moment when you decided to set up the school um because you realized the the uh, facilities weren't there for your your children w- what was that trigger what was the thing that finally said right we're going to start a school here because we don't have the support we need
3: Um, Well, obviously, both my boys were at home, um, Patrick and Angelo. So Patrick's 31 now. Wow. (laughs) And Angelo's 27. Um, He'll be 28 next week. And um, both my boys were at home just receiving five hours home tuition, which is not a lot. We turned our garage into a classroom and um, I started chatting to other parents. I initially bumped into a parent that was having difficulty when she was at the park and um, I sort of went up to her and said can I help you because I recognised you know what she was dealing with and then we became friends and um, initially we were told there were no other children or adults in uh, the area where we lived that had autism and then um, we started discovering there was more and more and in the end there was 275 families in the area where we lived (laughs) that had autism Um, so we decided to set up a support group um, First of all, it started with five parents in my house in the lounge and then it moved to a church hall. And then um, parents are in a very similar situation to myself where their kids were at home. You know, parents were juggling, trying to you know, get support. And then there was adults as well that might have been in psychiatric units or they were at home with parents. Um, so I um, lived very close to a school, which I didn't know about, because if you didn't go down this particular path, wouldn't have known that there was a school there and it was a school for children that had physical disabilities so um after so many months uh, well nearly two and a half years actually of being at home with the boys and reading all the books about how important it was for early intervention for children with autism I decided there's got to be something better than this because I wasn't sleeping um, you know um, my husband was going out to work he'd come in and then I'd go out to work at six o'clock for a doc- doctor's answering service and then I'd come back home at 11 11 30 and then angela would still be away and it was just like I thought this is no way to live it's not good for me it's not good for the kids not good for my husband so um, I heard about a school that they were going to knock down and build 37 flats so I thought I wonder if we can set up a school how hard can it be Uh, Yeah, so um, (laughs) it was definitely a huge learning curve. So I found out about it. I walked down the path and there was this school all looking battered and forlorn. It had been empty for nearly two years and all the gates were locked up around it. And um, I climbed over the fence, (laughs) as you do, and I was looking through the windows and um, I found out later on that it was a school that was for children with physical disabilities. And because the doors weren't wide enough, they were gonna knock it down and build another school for them. So I thought, well, why don't they just widen the doors? Wouldn't that be easier? <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, they didn't. So um, in, well, I'm glad that they didn't, but um, they built this other school. And so we started on this campaign to uh, make it a school for children who were autistic. And um, the local authority put us through the mill. It was, uh, we had to do a feasibility study. Um, They told us we needed to raise £627,000 worth of refurbishment. They kept changing the figure. It sort of went down to 200000 It went to a million. This was in 1998. And... um, uh, there was clearly they didn't want us to open it, but because I'd build up such a momentum with parents and people, and I was um, hounding councillors and speaking to um, people in um, parliament, MPs, I even found out where um, particular councillors in the borough used to buy the <laughs> cigarette. <That's laughs> um, so I was so desperate because I thought I can't live like this anymore, it's not good uh, for my boys. So, anyway, in the end um we uh got the school for 30 years and they leased it to us but they said if we didn't complete all of the refurbishments that they said within three years which cost six hundred twenty-seven thousand pounds they were going to take the school back off us so anyway in the end i um, approached many many organizations that supported us and we did it for ninety thousand, so um Mm -hmm. a lot cheaper and we also remogaged our house so um It was very stressful, but it was very exciting. It was a real roller coaster. I met so many wonderful people, even got the probation service on board, and they were coming every weekend um, to support us. But I had to be there on site uh, every weekend, so I had to take my boys with me. So that was hard as well, trying to juggle. Um, Yeah, but we did it, and the best thing I ever did, and we celebrated 20 years, two years ago, um, and over 500 kids um, have been at the school. And one of our first students, Ali, um, on the 20th birthday, came to the party, started as a teaching assistant at the school. So that was oh, like wow. the That's... cherry on the top for me. It was amazing. So, That's yeah, amazing. so first thing I ever did, big learning curve. Um, I didn't know anything about setting up a school, didn't know anything about how to advertise for a head teacher, teacher but it was just. know just research 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 and getting on board with other parents who wanted to this school desperately to open because they obviously wanted their kids to go to the school then we had to convince the local authorities to fund the children to come to the school and on January the um 5th was when we got the keys September was when we opened the school and 19 children walked through the door um, in September and my two were the last two to be funded because they weren't going to fund the local authorities to come to the school that we set up. But we managed to agree the funding two weeks before we opened the school. Fantastic! So, hey. wow. What a story. Uh, I, t- I tell you what really
0: strikes me, and we'll, we'll get on to everything with the, with the charity work and the, and the foundation and everything. But just encapsulated in that story is the struggle for every autistic parent. So the parent of an autistic child, you have to fight. You have really? to keep fighting. You have mm-hmm. to go back and research what you're fighting for and how to fight yeah. for it. And then you go back into the fight again. And yeah. it's a, such a common theme among, I mean, at different levels. Obviously, you've set a school up, but uh, even at the smallest level, you can fight. But what I was wondering is how, having done that, such a huge achievement and and sort of putting in the effort that you did, how do you keep the fight going?
3: Um people ask me that and especially with the amount of sleep that I get because they said you just seem to be going all the time I've got I don't know what it is but I've got something inside of me I'm a very driven person and when people tell me no that makes me more driven and it makes me want to find out an answer of where I can get it from and the only thing I can say is that I think it's my boys that drive me all the time because obviously we've had to go through various different hurdles so obviously the diagnosis which is another kettle of fish so you know a lot of parents are still might be waiting three to five years or even longer for a diagnosis then trying to find the right type of school keeping the support at school that they have so you know I speak to a lot of parents where they might be in mainstream and they might have got a one-to-one support but then the one-to-one support's not with the child all the time they're used within the school even though they're funded for your son or daughter so there's Lots of different hurdles, and I think as well because I speak to lots of families that even that low, all of these years down the line, they're still struggling like I was in 1997, 1998, 1999 with diagnosis, with trying to find the right school, having to learn this language you know, this SEN language that thrown at you. You know, it's almost like you have to have a degree in it. All these acronyms that trust the local authority is another one where parents seem to think that the local authority have the best interest of your son or daughter at hand but a lot of it's to do with purse strings what they they can afford to give and the other thing is that frustrates me is that um the people that make the decision haven't even met your son or daughter they don't even know what they look like um so that's that so I think that's why I keep fighting parent a lot of parents contact me um, I do motivate a lot of parents they like to see what I'm doing on social media they say that because I'm keeping going, and I'm motivating them to keep going, and that, for me, that's a little bit of pressure, because, um, you know, they're relying on me, if you like, and I'm thinking, even though some days I have rubbish days, but before I used to not share about having a rubbish day, I've had a bad night, or Angelo's smeared, because Angelo's 27, the hardest thing I find, and I know a lot of people probably don't like you talking about this, but he smears at night, and it's, mm. Awful, and it, there's nothing nice about it, but it's just like that's how it presents itself with Angelo. And if I don't clean it, who's going to clean it for him? So, um, you know, it's for the last I uh, probably since Covid started because he, know, he notices different things that are going on. Why is man putting a mask on? She's never done that before, why are people walking around with masks on, why is it when we go to the park that all the tables and chairs are all sellotaped together, we used to be able to sit, you see what I'm seeing as he's mm-hmm. going around, even though he hasn't got the verbal skills, he's noticing, he's not stupid, he's noticing what's going on around him and since I would say it's got worse and it's every single night now, two or three times a night and it just like, sometimes it does get me down but it's just like, I've got to keep going, you know, it's, it, you know, that's the way it is, got to keep him safe and all the rest of it, so autism is um, it's like a, a big roller coaster of emotions for the family and also for the adult, but There's some. I know this is like I've heard this so many times, but there are some lovely, beautiful destinations along the way, and the nuggets that you get when your son or your daughter achieves something. And to somebody else, it might not be anything to them, but to you, it's huge because they've made a step forward. And I know sometimes with autism, it's three steps back as well. But the step forward that they make, that and celebrate it, and you know, to someone else, as I say, it might be something small, but to you as a family, it's huge. You've just got to keep driving forward that's my motto and it's a learning curve you'll never get to know everything that there is to know about autism because it's constantly evolving and speak to autistic adults you'll learn so much from Mm. them as well so um yeah it's all about i think what covid has happened here is that autism awesome community have come together now and we're all supporting each other because we've got the t-shirt <laughs> and yeah. we know you know what it's like
1: that's interesting you say that as well Anna because um what I've learned as a grandfather uh, through this as well as uh, the positive and the negative and you you try to balance those you know in, in certainly in your social media what bothers me biggest thing though and the people I talk the great advocates for for supporting children with autism is that they are formidable. People like you are formidable. Cathy Lett, people like that are formidable. My fear is that people are not... Um, don't have the the drive, not because they don't want to, it's they just don't know when they meet the barrier, how do you get round the barrier? And I I wonder how many people certainly who listen to this going, Yeah, that's great. But I you know, I live in a place and I can't get past the council, I can't get the diagnosis. Why is there why is it do you think that there is a disparity between different parts of the country in getting a diagnosis and getting
3: help? Um I think it's harder now with COVID, definitely with lockdown and everything that's going on. It's definitely a postcode lottery of where you live because I do speak to some parents where they said, oh, we were really lucky. We got a diagnosis in six months or we got it in under a year. And I think, well, that's fantastic. But there are some parents that it that it's just not. And I think it's all boiled down to funding it's to do with money everything's to do with money and I know you know it's hard now but the way I say to parents is I don't care if the local authority tells me they haven't got money I care about my son and it's usually the parents that shout the loudest get what they want in the end and it shouldn't be like that but that's what it is and if you feel you haven't got the energy get somebody to help you there are a lot of people out there put a shout out on social media if you're on social media. I don't know everything that there is to know about autism. No one can. So, you know, parents might ask me, say, Anna, do you know um, in Liverpool, um, like, for example, about um, an after-school club? Say, and how how could I possibly know about every after-school club that, you know, so what I do is I put a shout out on social media and I'll say, hey, everyone, can you help me? This parent has asked um, this information and everyone comes on there and they share the information with you. So, if you can't do it yourself, and I know it's really hard because everyone's got a million hats at the minute. They're doing homeschool. like It's not the end of the world if you can't do it. For me, it's just like getting through each day, looking after each other, your own mental health, your own well-being. If you can't do it, speak to someone else. Don't suffer in silence. There are always people out there that are willing to help you. I could name so many. And, um yeah, especially as well at night time, I, I speak to like what I call the Wide Awake Club. <laughs> There's so many parents out there that are <laughs> awake like me, 2, 3 o'clock in the a Private message me at 3 o'clock in the morning. I hope you don't mind me chatting to you, Anna. If I'm awake, I'll talk to you. So, yeah, definitely, if you can't do it yourself, it is tough at the moment. But please try and get someone to help you. And the best thing I think as well is try and go out for a walk as well just to clear your head. Get out the house. And um even if it's just round the block, whatever it is that helps you get back into the right headspace, do it. Don't forget about you. Don't feel guilty. And that's what I used to do, feel guilty about leaving my sons. Because when I used to go out to work, Patrick would be screaming and getting all of the curtains. He didn't want me to go to work. But it's just like you have to look after yourself because parents care as grandparents. Are the linchpins to the family to keep everyone going and if you go down everyone's going to go down with you.
0: So Anna let's just talk about the charity for a second um, and when I looked at the website and looked at what you offer people. Uh, two things struck me was support and appreciation. Um, and that's what you do. You support people and you also appreciate what autism has got to offer to the world. Um, take five, which um, is a fantastic initiative to encourage parents to just take five minutes, as you were just saying, um, to just get their head in the right place and make sure that they're not trying to go it alone. Um, but also I want to talk to you about autism's got talent as well which uh was just fantastic and yeah. just just re- for me raised the bar of what we expect from autism and you know there's there's this kind of horrible uh, perception that it's, it's one size fits all and it's non-verbal and it's you know it can't look you in the eye and all that sort of stuff um and it just it really struck me that if we can focus on those two areas support and appreciation there could be that kind of cultural change that really needs to happen in the autistic Mm -hmm. world.
3: So support, take five. Um, It started take five again because I didn't take time out for myself. So for sort of 10, 11 years, I was so focused on uh, my children, getting the right type of support. Um, getting the school open, you know, worrying every day, you know, is it gonna work and you know, waiting for Ofsted to come and all those things that it's all the things that i have never ever done before. Have I got the right staff in place and all of that? So take five was that I was so focused on what I was doing for like 10, 12 years, I started feeling like I was burning out a bit, if you like, because not sleeping, going into school every day, all those sort of things that I was trying to do. Um, uh, I thought, right. I need to take time out and I think it was like my sister said to me you can't help everyone in the world you need to take some time out for yourself she said you're not you never you just don't stop she said you're just ongoing all the time so I saw an article um in the newspaper and it said tap for fun so I thought tap for fun what's that so I looked at it and it was tap dancing and when I was a kid I started tap dancing when I was five years old because I loved the rhythms. I used to love films like Gene, Kenny, uh, Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire, all those sort of films. And I thought, "I need that's what's missing. I need to go back to tap dancing. I need to do something for myself, something that I called in the end my autism free zone for one hour. So it was just for me. So when I went back into doing tap dancing, I thought, oh, this is what I've missed chatting to there's about 30 ladies there all aged like I think the eldest was like 70 odd so I thought and it it was almost like someone had plugged me in and recharged me because I was just doing that one hour so then I started walking as well with my son I didn't particularly like walking I wasn't I'm a person that I like fast things so I like driving fast which I shouldn't um I might I like um tap dancing fast I like jazz I wasn't really into ballet anything like that so for me it's just like I like that that, that fastness. So um, I decided that um, I needed to let other parents say, look, we need to take time out for ourselves. I know it's difficult and I know you're juggling, especially if you're a one-parent family, but you need to have five minutes. Even if you go in the bathroom, shut the door, jump up and down and scream, whatever it is that you can do to help you relax. You need it because you need to recharge your batteries and you need to remember about you, you're still a person, you know so um that's what the take five started and then other parents started writing about what they like to do so i asked people said what do you like to do what is it that helps you so people started saying to me i like going in charity shops i like going foraging i like crocheting i like um, hiking whatever it was and it it just sort of sparked that back into them and think right i'm going to try and do that again so that was the idea about take five and then we you know, share it every single year and people talk about different things that they do and they um, share, you know, and so it sparks things in people's minds and say, oh, I'd like to try that. Oh, I might like to do that. So um, for me, it's dancing still. Um, Obviously, we can't do classes now, but I do exercise in the morning. I do 10 minutes and then I do 10 minutes in the evening. And if I can do a little more, I do. I go walking with Angelo. And as I say, I wasn't particularly into walking, but I find it's a great stress buster. Um, so we go to different parks we bump into people you know that even though you don't know them you do that head nod thing um, I've seen quite a few parents who've got kids on the spectrum you know when you can go into the cafe um, I take Angelo in with me and he's just comfortable with it now um, and there's an Italian person um, that owns this uh, cafe and as soon as he sees Angelo and he walks in he goes way Angelo you know type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Smiles, you know. So it's just those little, you know, and it 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 boosts, it boosts, gives you a bit of a boost. So take five for me. Is please, parents, any parents listening in? I know it's tough at the minute, but if you can do anything for yourself, even if it's going in having a bubble bath with a glass of wine, whatever it is, just do something for you because we can't keep going at this pace. You know, we we've got to try and do something for ourselves. It's just really important.
1: I think as well, Anna is uh, as I've talked to people again on the podcast. And by the way, uh, I could come together. I'm not a bad tap dancer, I, you know.
3: Okay. I could, I
1: could. <laughs> so I could, I could, be, I could be the Jean Kelly to your. Um, who could you be? Oh, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the great female tap dancers. That's oh, good. Anyway, I would, uh, I would, I I can tap dance as well, Anna.
3: Sid, Charice, and the lady that was in. Um, uh Oh, with Gene Kelly singing in the rain, I forgot. Oh yeah, De- Debbie
1: Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah, Debbie Reynolds. Yeah, I've never tapped dance in my life, Anna. I've just made that up.
3: Oh, you uh- have
1: a partner there. <laughs> <laughs> and, Anna, um, let's just look the, the work that people that you are doing is fantastic. And actually, it it I, I've as I've done the podcast, the, the, the podcast, I I realise the support and we're not in this alone. I just wonder what your perception is of where we are now. Um, you 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 still talk about anti-bullying of autis, autistic children, which is a big worry as a grandparent, as a parent, as well. But where do you think we are in the wider world in terms of autism, the the kind of re, you know the representation of it and the perception of children with autism?
3: I think we've still got a long way to go. Um, there's a lot of autism awareness raising going on on television, like programs like the A Word. Um, yes. You know, the, when I first um, started on the autism journey, if you like, I, I only knew about the film Rain Man, you know, with Dustin Hoffman. And and I've actually watched it again um, all those years down the line. And I suppose I appreciate it a little bit more. But when I first heard about the diagnosis of both my son, I thought, are they going to be like Dustin Hoffman? Because I didn't know anything about autism at all. You know, are they going to be geniuses and all all these sort of things that people sort of, you know, take just like minimal information that they've got but autism awareness raising is getting much better but i think it's acceptance that everyone's looking for um, especially autistic adults and teenagers and families and we still got a long way to go with that and because of covid and lockdown a lot more of our children and adults are online now and that's where the bullying starts and the reason being is i think they they want friends they just want the same things as everybody else but then they can be very, very vulnerable and be caught in something like, for example, um, I did something with um, the, oh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Charity in the World. The name escapes me at the minute. Um, and we did something on mate crime. And a lot of autistic adults get involved in mate crime because it starts off with, of, like, they want to be part of this group. They want to make friends. And then they use them um, for crime. And um, I went to a... Prison. I was invited to a prison in Leeds, a women's prison, and there was a young lady in there who was autistic. She was 19 and she got involved in mate crime and it was because she wanted to make friends. And then she ended up the person that, I can't really talk about the case, but she was the person that ended up being in prison and the other people got away with it. Um, so, yeah, our our children and adults can be quite vulnerable um they as i say they crave friendship they want all the things that everybody else wants but um they just sometimes need that bit of extra support so yes bullying is going on online um i'm working with katie price and harvey at the minute um uh, katie's trying to get harvey's law have had some horrendous stuff been oh, written yeah. about poor harvey he's such a lovely young man he's such a character i love him um so there's a, a young person um ben pearson who is an autistic entrepreneur what a story he's got to tell but he's turned everything around and he set up this company and he's created harvey's law uh, t-shirts uh to stop trolling and um yeah so we're doing whatever we can um to raise awareness about bullying it's horrendous i have so many horrendous stories of uh, families that have shared with me um the i think the most one of the hardest ones i've heard was a Family shared with me the young man was 18 and um, his, well, his so-called friends thought it would be a good idea to set him alight on his 18th birth. Oh, dear God. So, some really horrendous stories. I just, I can't even get into that sort of mindset. Why would somebody want to do that to somebody? But, hey, that's some mm-hmm. of the people that are living in this world at this moment.
1: Anna, thank you so much for your time today. I've got one last question. Um, okay. And and I just wanted to ask in a personal basis for you and your husband I've found, yeah. and so has my wife, found that Daisy has made us better people. I, I feel I'm a better—not just a grandfather, but I think I'm a better person now about listening. I'm much more tolerant. Uh, if I see children out and about, and maybe they there are you know issues uh, there, and so I'm better at that, and I'm better a better listener um, because of Daisy. For you, what is what is having two children that you have? What has it done for you and for your husband? Then uh, personally?
3: Um, I think I've learned things about myself that I never even ever thought that I could achieve. I was quite quiet, believe it or not, <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid. I was very, very quiet. I had a very strict dad, Italian dad, who it was very strict. Um, uh, I, I didn't know anything about autism. Um, it does push you to the limits sometimes as a parent. It is hard, especially the sleep thing for me and the smearing. I suppose the two S's for me are the hardest, the sleep and the smearing. Um, I have learned a lot about myself. Um, my husband and I have put into place whatever we can because we do worry about what's going to happen to our boys when we're dead and gone. And this is a big question that all parents are worrying about. And it's always at the back of your mind. And obviously, I'm getting on a bit now, especially last year when I was 60. I was so stressed about being 60. And um, then I thought, it's just a number. I don't feel any different. I've still got the same energy. I've still got the same drive and strength. Um, But I do worry about, you know, so I said to my husband that, you know, we need to put everything in place. You know, Patrick's now, I'm pleased to say, has got himself a job. He's working at Pinewood. It took us a long time to get to that sort of stage, but he's been there for three years now. And that, the next stage is for him to move into his own place. Angelo is always going to need one-to-one support. That's the thing that worries me about Angelo, because he's not the type of adult that's going to be able to tell you. Because you do hear horror stories about what happens in some of these homes and what have how they're abused and whatever. He's not going to be able to tell you whether someone is doing anything to him or whatever. So I have said to Patrick that, you know, I know you're not going to be able to look after Angela and I wouldn't expect you to do that, but you need to go and make sure your brother's okay make sure he's clean, make sure, you know, he's been fed, he's happy and, you know, all that sort of thing. And he he actually said to me a few days ago, which he hasn't said for a long time, he said, mum, I don't know how I'm going to do it when you're gone. And he just like gave Mm -hmm. me a big lump in my throat. But I said, and I just reiterated again, Patrick, just make sure your brother's all right you know when he's happy you know if he looks clean just check his body make sure there's no bruising on it or anything like that just make sure he's okay and then if you don't think just go to your anybody who you know you can trust to to help you so that that's what we've tried to do so that's why we set up the school for both of our boys that's why I set up a college so that's where Angelo goes to college vocational college and he can go there hopefully and he's learning independent living skills all the time he's always going to need one-to-one support so he's going to be able to go there for as long as possible um and then obviously i would advise parents to go and get your will sorted get a trust sorted or whatever just to make sure that you know when something does happen to you that social services don't come in and take all your money or whatever so just make sure you protect your little pop protect your son protect your daughter whoever it is that you're trying to protect um yeah and um Yeah, I have learned a lot about myself. My husband became a barrister. And um, it was because at the time, when we started off with the school and learning about, um, you know, how difficult the system is, you know, about, you know, all these various different... When children end up in hospital or adults end up in hospital, um, I just said, you need to become a solicitor (laughs) um, so that we can plug every hole and support our sons or daughter if anything happens. So that's what he did. So he's a barrister. And he... um, Uh, now supports um, disability discrimination. Uh, He does uh, special educational needs work, you know, mental health, community care. We do a lot of work. He's a legal advisor for the charity. Uh, Yeah, so we've tried to plug every hole. I know everyone can't do what we did, but we've quite driven the pair of us. So, um, and it's just, we're protecting our boys and trying to create a pathway that when we're dead and gone, that this pathway is going to be there for them.
0: Well, Anna thank you so much for your time inspirational as yeah. I thought it would be um I can vouch for the fact that my dad is now a better person um because of my daughter <laughs> um but so am I um uh, so th- thank you for your time today and uh
1: <laughs> oh dear I never saw that one coming out <laughs>
2: I think I mean what an amazing lady. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. I yeah. sometimes I listen to some of our guests and I am sort of quite in awe really because I just think how I mean with everything that you're already dealing with. We know as a family how hard it is just to survive each day sometimes. So to have achieved all of those additional things on top of that, it just it speaks volumes for the type of person. Yeah, h- mm. her and her husband really just amazing. Um, but I think some really yeah some really hard things. That she's talked about, that we think about a lot as a family, but also some real positives. I think one of the things I, I picked up on was this the smearing. And again, it's probably not something people want to hear about, but it is a reality for some people. Yeah.
0: I mean, you isn't. were you were quite when we did you that interview. Shocked, you were yeah. quite shocked, weren't you?
1: I was shocked, and I, I talked to you about whether if we should keep it in the podcast. I mean, mm. I'm being upfront because, mm. um, it was scary. Yeah. Um, because yeah. uh, uh, Anna's lads, what age was he? He's twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. and uh, that scared me that that you guys hear that that might be your future and i uh, uh, so yeah. i wondered and mm. yeah it did um, it put me yeah. against the ropes
0: yeah I, I i had the same thoughts and i think we both landed in the same place because of anna's outlook yeah um uh, because she it. is like you yeah. know you know there are reasons to be positive but you've got to know the realities yeah. because how do you deal with them yeah. you know it, it, you've got to be aware that Aye. you know that yeah. is a possibility and, and it's something that Loads of autistic parents have to...
2: It's quite scary, isn't it? I mean, we I don't know if we've touched upon toilet training in detail in the podcast. And I don't know. I mean, we don't want to spend too much time thinking about the negatives, but it is a reality. Daisy's five and a half. She's still not toilet trained. We had a successful period about a year and a half to two years ago where we started. We used behavioural training with rewards um, and she did really well with weeing. Um, mm-hmm. But then because of her digestion issues, we had to go back into nappies. It was just impossible to cope. But there were some horrendous, <laughs> horrendous experiences throughout that period. I think the worst one for me was when she I found her having sort of got upstairs. She'd removed her nappy. She'd pooed all the way up the stairs. And then I found her sitting on the cream sofa bed eating her own God. poo. Yeah. And that, to me, I think that moment of oh my goodness <laughs> I, yeah. okay okay what, do, what on earth do I deal with first and it, it was fairly horrendous and you sort of forget about that again we've sort of had a spell where we haven't been able to toilet train we've just started again it's a bit it's not going quite as well as it was but I it is a reality I don't know whether Daisy will ever be completely toilet trained mm. and that's and at night we've had the issue with her at night we talked last week about the nights we've become a bit more relaxed. We let her potter around. Well, we, it's been a bit bad, hasn't it, since? Mm. um I don't know if you want to sort of say a bit about it. Yeah,
0: she, she's been taking her nappy off again, hasn't yeah. she? And, um, so we can't it's, leave her. It's, it just means there, there may be accidents mm. over the house. I mean, the one thing we can say... uh as a, as a sort of positive is just don't get cream carpets <laughs> no. well,
2: they were here when we moved in they won't be here much longer <laughs> no. that's all I'm going to say no, but, it,
1: but it, that, that's <laughs> the reality uh, and it's yeah i, I i'm op- more optimistic because mm. you know that thing when she decided by accident probably but she still went to the toilet and mm. and went and you know yeah, and, yeah. And, and i thought that's great and you get the get those moments mm. and you get these breakthroughs i think there's going to be more breakthroughs i think we're going yeah. to th- we're going to have times where we just she just amazes us yeah but we'll also have those moments where you just go oh it's back to state you know it's like uh, one step forward, three back. But yeah, you know, yeah. But I you think don't Anna says that doesn't. But she? you don't go back to the same place.
2: No,
0: you know. No, so there is there is progression. Yeah. And, you know, we're not we're not static. And no, she is. It's just it. What what you realise is it takes so much longer to just make mm. a little step. Yeah. yeah. But equally, looking at it positively, those
1: steps feel so much bigger they're so and they're so much more
0: rewarding mm. because it takes so long to get to them.
1: I get yeah. really concerned as well and I mentioned it to Anna the fact that you know we're lucky we're a support team yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, Daisy's got a support floods and a great school and I, I really I do genuinely fear for the the mums and dads that don't have the support Yeah. Um, you know maybe grandparents are too far away or maybe even mm. the local council don't um uh, sort of do anything about it but on the positive side Anna said people contact her and yeah. she said well I don't know what the facilities are like there but I know of somebody who can Yeah. yeah. and I think that's what whole autism and I, I know the national autistic society are, are goodness but i think that needs to even be brought down even more that people like us should share yeah just network know, yeah. just network as yeah. much as we can share every bit Is of information
0: you, you've, yeah. you've just you've started to um, get sort of a bit more talking to parents at school yeah you? sort of sharing and information
2: just, about stuff you've learned because and actually to be fair You're not going to learn that stuff. It's going to sound awful. You don't learn that stuff from professionals. You learn it from other parents. You don't get that information because there aren't really that many professionals involved. You you tend to navigate your way through the system independently, and those little nuggets of information come from people that are already in it or experiencing it. And I think it's so important to share everything you know with other people.
0: Pe- the professionals aren't there at two o'clock in the morning. No, they're not there when you're putting them on the toilet. They're not mm. there when you know you've got a, a cream carpet, <laughs> and, and they're they're not there. They can advise you, but they're well, not. Well, they do living their bit
2: it. in their th- all they can do with the resources exactly. they have. Yeah. But actually, it's a full time.
1: But but even even thinking about the, the way Daisy is and, mm. and, and the progressions, um, even even the progressions change. So she could be doing this, this one, and then it kind of regresses back to something else. Yeah. But it never go back to the, the full. Fo- so, y- you know, the, the idea of actually saying, "Well, this is what happens with an autistic child," it's a completely, it's yeah. a non-starter. Uh, there's no, yeah. there's no roadmap. <laughs> there's no <laughs> like, you know, here's here's the instruction manual. No. it's mm. but <laughs> you know. but you see, the, the thing, and this is this is the fun of having her, is when you told that that story this week about having her potatoes at school yeah. and covering <laughs> up her eyes, yeah, yeah. right, doing it. It's funny. Yeah. It's just, I, and not and me sound, but it, it is, it's Daisy doing her yeah. thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was, that was such a <laughs> lovely moment because I arrived at school and, you know, you get a little, because Daisy's got a one-to-one uh, helper and mm. you get a little bit of feedback about, and we always ask about what she's eaten because, you know, she doesn't always eat everything. Yeah. And then the first thing she said is, yeah, really, really good. Uh, ate, ate her mashed potatoes. <laughs> Shut her eyes while she's doing it. I <laughs> <laughs> just thought... How You know what, actually, mashed potatoes probably are better with your eyes, shut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really get the texture and the taste, can't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. It's just the uh, missing the mouth that's the
1: issue. But that is reassuring. Really and I saw a story this week uh, about a wee boy that had a meltdown mm. uh, at the beachfront. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I, his mum was trying to calm him and then a runner came past mm-hmm. and he was on the, the we boy was on the floor and the runner came past and went d- got down on the floor with him yeah and, and just went and i went well, that's just amazing that he's He might have some insight of what it's like yeah. but it, but it's it's so good to know that th- those kind of people yeah are around that are taking. Yeah. and the other thing as well is very often when you go to school i love hearing the stories About and she's so loved at school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the other mums really like her. Yeah, yeah,
0: they really do. They really do. But I mean, the the other thing I took out of um, the interview from Anna was uh, was a take five. Yeah, yes. And yeah, you and I have had a conversation about doing more of this Mm. and just making sure that we are allowing ourselves time to just go. I mean, (laughs) this is going to make me sound really nerdy, but you let me do some pressure washing this (laughs) afternoon. So I pressure washed my fence.
2: He pressure washed the fence but hadn't appreciated that when he was pressure washing towards us where we're sitting with all the beige garden cushions that he literally pressure washed all the dirt and splattered all the cushions.
1: Sometimes I wonder if he's my son. (laughs) I'm not a perfect human being. (laughs) Sometimes I'll pressure wash in the wrong (laughs) direction.
2: This was also after lifting, tilting the table to put the parasol base in while there were coffee cups on the table. I'm
0: not a perfect human being. (laughs) <laughs> but you allowed me to do it, yeah. which Dude. was lovely. And but we just we just need to build in more time for, yeah. we for said, each we, of we, us.
1: We've said that to you before yeah. on the podcast and, and other way and you know, we things like having, you know, just giving a shout, can we, and when your mum and dad move up, that'll yeah. be great mm. as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Phil will be in the pub and you can just drop her off uh, at the pub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that would um, be great. But, but, but it is important. Um, I mean, uh, for, for older people, there's this thing about pacing. All right, mm-hmm. don't try and do all the garden. Just stop and t- and I'm getting really good at pacing. I love pacing. I do yeah. longer stops now than actually, <laughs> but it's the same with you guys, yeah. especially because we, c- you know, as grandparents, we can't always be there mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. Wish we could. Yeah. Um. But the best we can do is say right, go and have a half hour watching the telly or yeah, doing yeah. something. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I need to get better when I've got a break or downtime at not doing housework indoors. Chores do chores. Um, absolutely, but my yeah. problem is I find it very hard to relax when there's stuff to do, and I sort of have this need to get it all. Done. I don't sound terrible. Yeah, I do. Sound you. Pressure. I sound yeah. <laughs> I, well, no, listen,
0: I do it. I do it wrong. Right. Okay. So
2: that is so not true. I have to say, the one thing I will say, Neil does. You let me have a, a sort of a little bit of time in the evening to have a bath as well. And that. Can, that's can I really just say something? Yeah, yeah. We're,
1: we're doing a podcast. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and, I don't think this is healthy for the <laughs> listeners. Well, well, we need to resolve this. <laughs> but, but it, the, the whole the whole idea of you being individuals as well, mm. uh, and and you are the the mom and dad of a, an autistic child, but you are your individual life. Yeah, It's yeah.
2: It's, yeah. E- it's easy sometimes to get completely caught up in the. Um, it's like that sort of hamster wheel. Mm. So you don't step off, do you? And I think. I was sort of reflecting on Anna's podcast and thinking, oh my goodness, all these people, they do so much. And I was thinking, actually, we don't do a bad job. We both work. Mm -hmm. We both hold down jobs and they can be quite stressful jobs sometimes. And Daisy is loved. She's dressed. She's nurtured. She's looked after as well as we can. And actually, we do need to just take time. It goes back to
0: Kevin last week's Little Wins, isn't it? It is. Little Wins. Even if it's, you know, I know a lot of, parents who might listen to this get worried about the amount of screen time that their child mm, has sometimes but it's all if it's slightly less one day yeah that's a little yeah. win yeah if they're not clawing after the ipad as much as they were mm. the day before that's a win and, and it's you... not a failure just you but know you have that's to survive. what they need that
2: day and we have to survive so there are times when we have literally had 2 hours sleep and we have to get up and go to work the next yeah. day and actually when i look back at our work um sort of leave and sickness history with i don't think either of us to take apart from the odd day and slightly later start because yeah. of lack of sleep we right. both work yeah. i'm really
0: lucky that my work just allow me to be as grumpy as i well, can be but, but, the but next
1: you, day yours isn't really a proper job though is it <laughs> you, you work you work in television <laughs> half hour a day well done you um but but it's uh, I, I think with uh the ongoing situation. Yeah. I think again, we've talked. We play. We have a family motto. You play what's in front of you. you don't mm. try and fire. So at the moment, I think is really positive where where we are with her. Uh, she's still she's still a great laugh. She <laughs> still pushes the buttons mm. and she knows the buttons. The, yeah, the yeah. Pu- yeah, push. Um, but sorry, Lou, I just can't get that out of my head. You know a, a hamster wheel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I nearly had a panic attack a minute ago as well, because I think a spider went down my top, but it's the perils of sitting outside. Oh, I wow. thought I was going to scream. Wow, well, so <laughs>
1: professional for <Yeah>. keeping <laughs> going. Well done. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if we'll actually do a one in the garden again, do you?
0: <laughs> I don't mind it. I don't like it. <laughs> that's probably
1: a good moment to move on
0: to our moments of joy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'll i start, mm-hmm. if that's all right. So um, I finished work yesterday, and... Um, you're you're about to think that i've already told the story but i told it in the first recording so don't worry okay. um <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but or the, not not recording not, <laughs> not <laughs> recording so i'd finished work yesterday evening and i came downstairs and uh lou and daisy were listening to tina turner proud mary for the third time it's her favorite and favourite uh moment. having a little disco in the front room and and dancing and stuff and I walked in and, I, you know, I sort of went, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> Daisy looked straight at me, grabbed my hand, turned me round, pushed me out of the living room, shut the door <laughs> behind me because <laughs> I wasn't allowed. <laughs> it was a girl's disco, <laughs> you know, and it just, it you, you really creeped up because it was just, nah, you're not needed here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just complete decisiveness. It's more or less your life, really, isn't it? That's oh, so many girls <laughs> are rejected <projecting> me <laughs> the <with> disco. <laughs>
1: What about you, Lou? <laughs>
2: um, so mine is going to take a little bit of sound effects. And I hope it comes through on this. But um, so Daisy at the moment, we're having to lay with her for her to fall asleep because she's not on her melatonin it's the only way that she will go to sleep she has this thing she's got lots of different things she does she's got this thing about twisting her fist in my armpit or pinching your skin and it's a comfort thing she does it as she's falling asleep but the latest thing over the last couple of days has been for her to get her finger on my bottom lip and i don't know if it's gonna you know when you do that (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So she was doing that last night and I was laying in this tiny bed next to her. We need to order her a new bed. Um, That's just another thing anyway. But um, she was doing it and she was doing it really, really quickly. And I have to lay. I'm not allowed to face her. Otherwise, she pushes me away. And she was just doing it really, really quickly. And I started laughing because it just really made me smile. And I was thinking she was still awake. So I looked over at her and her eyes were going. She was falling (laughs) asleep. But she was doing this thing on my lip and it got quicker and quicker. And I just I couldn't stop laughing. It honestly was one of the funniest <laughs> things. I was just like, oh my goodness! It was just the sound. It was really really entertaining.
1: Um, I had the uh, I had a visit from uh, from uh, the Daisy, the police officer, this week. She decided to search uh, my bedside cabinet. Um <laughs> so, and she'd never done that. She'd never gone to you know, right. and it's socks, pants, yeah, and yeah. and something else. And, yeah. and she took and. She took and she threw out a couple of things, she's just and she's like looking for something. and went and I just said, There's no drugs here, officer. <laughs> right? But she carried on, so she went to the next one and again just took her cup nothing. And and then she went to the third, and I said, Officer, I'm telling you, there's nothing here. <laughs> and she gave me the look they just went, oh, There's nothing here, is there? <laughs> <laughs> and then she just went, But it's the fact that. How many years has she been across in that bedroom, you know, and and, and
2: never gone to look at the drawers, but just suddenly went. You're
0: obviously a suspicious looking character. (laughs) Do
2: you know what she was probably looking for? I've got silicone earplugs at the moment because Neil's snoring, and she saw me the other day put one in. She had pulled it out and she was eating the silicone yeah. earplug. I reckon she was looking, She's for, probably them looking for some draw. of those delicious <laughs> yes. ear silicone earplugs oh, ear oh, oh, with a bit of wax. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: well. <laughs> what a week it's been um we'll be back with you sorry about last week we decided uh well you guys were so busy as yeah, well yeah. Yeah, it was um a bad week. please get in touch with us uh, all the information you've got that you can give us about uh, growing up with daisy that we can actually uh, transmit to everybody else would be fabulous so let us know if there's anything resonates or what would you have done in different situations and any advice you've got we were we we're really open for it uh, you can contact us yeah daisy and me at
0: gmail.com and on twitter at daisy and me pod right i'm away to buy a hamster
1: wheel <laughs> <laughs>